Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have Mr. Brad Mortensen from Phoenix, Arizona, correct? Yep. Man, let me ask you a question, Brad. What do they put in the water in Phoenix <laughs> that <laughs> there are so many successful guys out there in our lane? Yeah. I don't know, man. They just, uh, I don't know, we, we tend to collaborate quite a bit down there. I think that, that helps a lot. So. That's the key, yeah? Mm. Collaboration over competition. Yep. Something we need to learn in the Houston area and, and many other cities in yep. in Show the country. Yep. So tell me, man, who are you? Like, and I want to go back to where, like, were you born in Phoenix or or were you somewhere else or how do you end up in Phoenix? Like, tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, so I was born in Phoenix. Okay. Um, then my family moved to New Mexico, then up north in Arizona, uh, and then back down to Gilbert. So I went to high school in Gilbert. Okay. Area Gilbert Queen Creek, um, so native to Arizona. Yeah, that's your. I was, that's I was your in New Mexico for when I was two for a year. Right? Wow. So okay. The rest of it's all Arizona. Um, some northern parts for ten years or so, and then, then mostly in Gilbert. So. So you went to high school in Gilbert. What do you do after that? Uh, so I went and um, I served a mission, served okay. a church mission in South America. Okay. So I lived in Bolivia and Peru for a couple of years. Did you ever try the coca leaves coca in Bolivia? Leaves, man, they are all over the place. There. Yeah, I did not. I, I have <laughs> I never tried it. So, so, <laughs> but I, but that's so the coca leaf is not a drug, is no, it? No, it's it's more like a caffeine, like right? In intake. So you'll see these guys. They they have these bags of coca, leaf, coca right. leaves that they carry around in their pockets. And they chew them and they, so they it's like tobacco, right? They they treat it like that. You'll see them in their lips and they're just covered. In, Wow, some some crazy stories in Bolivia, but wow, and and so it's like caffeine, and it, does it have like a side effect, like a bad one, like from from the natural leaf, you know? Cocaine is different. Yeah. That no, more of just like an addiction, yeah. So it, it's not co it's not cocaine. It's a it's, habit. It, yeah, it's like a tobacco, right? So it's bad in your teeth, you know. Yeah, things like that. They lose their teeth and gum disease stuff like that. They can. How happen. how long were you on that mission for? I was there for two years, um, and, and combined between there and Peru. Wow. Um, in Lima. What do you like the best about those countries? The food. The food. Yeah, the food. Easy to get fat, right? Oh, seriously. Um, they, <laughs> yeah, Peru had some good cuisine. You know, Peruvian cuisine is Ceviche. Ceviche. Yeah. Papa La Oh, man, Papa La So there is a restaurant here in yeah. Houston, dude. Ah. Uh, oh. But tomorrow is our last day. But it's it's they have they have one that's real. Yeah, good. all the all the traditional. Yeah. Foods. So they they got that, and then Bolivia the views like Bolivia's very pretty country, right? And so. Do you ever go to those places? I don't know if it is Peru or Bolivia. I think it's Peru, Machu Picchu probably. Uh, Machu Picchu's in Peru. Right. Uh, Bolivia's got uh, El Salar de Uyuni. Okay. Which is just the biggest salt flat in the world, right? So just. Huge. Yes, that. Yeah. How how is that? Like I've seen that on on YouTube, but yeah. I never like 
I've never been to Bolivia or Peru. Right. Uh, it's on my bucket list at some yeah. point. Uh, awesome. I mean, it's just a it's just a white sand, you know, everywhere. They have a they have a hotel made out of salt. Oh wow! There that's nobody stays at. It's just more of a museum now. Right. Um. But yeah, some some really cool stuff. They they have a saying between, um, uh, Bolivia and Peru. There's uh, Lago Titicaca. Yep. So if you're in, if you're Bolivian, you say that we got the Lago, we got the Titi side, they got the Caca side. Oh right? yeah, and I completely understand. And then yeah. The opposite for Peruvians. So wow. They they com- they uh, com- combat over. And you learned the language a little bit while you were there, so yeah, fluent in, in Spanish. Yep. Wow. Now, did you learn by because I know you were probably door knocking and mm-hmm. you know you know uh, learn by immersion. It's just by immersion, right? Yep. Wow. Yep. And when when you were there, were you shadowing somebody with experience already, or how that, how did that work? So my first companion right so you, right. you do have like a companion that walks and teaches you you know where not to go and right. you know things like that and the language and right. so my my uh, first companion was from medellin colombia okay yeah so this t- you know short spoke spanish dude, already yeah. Just, yeah super awesome and he only spoke spanish wow at least that's what i thought until he was leaving and he's like actually i speak english too so he only spoke spanish wow. to me for the first uh, three months that i was there just to make me Speak Spanish like yeah by force right like you're gonna have to learn this so wow that's yeah, crazy that's and, and and he kind of like relieved you right? a lot or like he trained you and then did you get another companion or and then yep. it was your time to train that companion or yep okay so it's yep. it's a chain yep and they go rotating people like right wow yeah so they rotate through you you can you know level up you run a district of you know other missionaries, and then you can, you can run a zone of districts, and so they they run it like a company. Wow, that's good. Yep. And then you you stay there for two years. Yep. Then you left. I left. I came back home. I uh, got into banking. Um, so I was a uh, a personal banker. Um, I was Fargo or something I like was that. I was Fargo okay. for a little bit. Um, mainly working with construction companies because I spoke Spanish. I worked with a lot of like landscaping companies in the East Valley. Uh, leveled up to a business banker, only worked with businesses, uh, and then I went over to Chase Bank. Um, I put, uh, got married, put my wife through s- nursing school. Okay. And then I was going to go to school. I, I took some classes, you know, at a, a community college out there um, to on stuff that I was interested in, you know, accounting, business principles, um, I did you know, communication, personal communication, business communication stuff. So I got a ton of credits, but no degree. No paperwork. No paperwork. Yeah. And then by the time my wife was done, where I was going to dedicate you know more time to pursuing a degree, I was like, I'm making more money here at the bank than I will after I graduate with, you know. Uh, yeah, the degree didn't have any value for more money, basically. Yeah, so I, I ended up stopping and... Um, I got uh, Chase ended up paying for me to get my securities licenses to be a financial advisor. Yep. Um, so I took all the tests. I got my Series 63, 6, 7, oh, wow. life insurance, um, sold stocks, bonds, mutual funds, um, left Chase uh, to work for a uh, firm in Scottsdale. Okay. Um, so I worked for a financial advisement firm and ran 401k plans for bigger construction companies. Okay. Still working with business owners but running their 401k plans for their employees. Wow. And managing that. Wow. And so then after that, 
Like um, after that, I was you know it was an hour and a half drive to Scottsdale, so I listened to a ton of books, um, podcasts. Podcast. I listened to uh, you know radio stations. Right. There was an ad for you know hey get into real estate come come join us at a seminar. They had a motivational speaker there, you know to hey buy you know here's this is a free one and then now here's our paid one. Come to the paid event. Right. Went to a paid event that ended up being with Fortune Builders. Okay. Um, can't remember the name of the guy now. Dan Merrill. Dan Merrill. Yep. Um, so I bought into that, and I was like, hey, you know, I, I'm good at raising money. You know, I was a financial advisor, banker. I understood kind of the financial industry, and I set up, as a banker, I set up a lot of small businesses, you know, startups. How do you register an LLC? How do you build capital? Yeah, the capital? business side, you had it really, the like, yeah. how to get a business started, you had it yep. down to to yep. a science, pretty much. Yep. And what I liked about their program um, was it was focused on flipping. Yes. It wasn't so much. There was a little bit of marketing, and they had a whole marketing thing, but I was like, you know, I can go buy. At that time, I could go buy it uh, from off the MLS, yeah. off the auction, Hubzoo, auction.com. Hubzoo. I've got houses there. Yeah. We're talking about what, 2014, maybe 15? Yep. yep. 14, 15 yeah. is when I got started in, in flipping. Is Hubzoo still around? I haven't bought from them for. I don't even know. Like, like they had the same code on every door. I don't know if you bought several, and so I always had to. I had this box of all the hub suit doors that you know locks that I had. Bought. Wow. Um, but uh, I went straight into flipping, um, and I raised money for that. I had to. I had my securities licenses, and so as a fiduciary, you have to disclose. You have to disclose and and. Uh, submit your OBA. It's an outside business activity to your broker dealer. Right. And so I said, Hey, uh, I want to start another business. I'm going to raise money for her, um, for real estate deals. And they're like, yeah, you can't do that. And so I said, all right, well, I'm out. I'm out. So I left all my licenses. You know, I spent hour, you know, weeks studying, studying for them. And those tests are not easy, they're not, man. They're not easy. Those ones are hard. I, I, I'm a realtor too. Especially series seven and six though. They're, oh yeah, they're beasts, man. Um, so I did that and I was like, you know what, I'm out. And if I'm, if I, it doesn't work out in the next two years, I'll be back before my licenses expire. And that was it. So went and bought four houses the next month, just went all in and started flipping. Wow. So. What year was that? 2000? 2015. 15. Mm -hmm. Maybe we were doing the same freaking thing. I got laid off in August, 2015 from my corporate job. Now, I had been a real estate investor for years already, but I was a passive, like rentals. Okay. And then I flipped some on the side. But when I got laid off in August 2015, 16th of August, I'll never forget that day, um, I used to make money on, on, on in the corporate world. I was like 260 a year. So, like, that's golden handcuffs. Like, yeah. how do you walk away from that, right? Um, when they... Gave me all that time now. Like, hey, by the way, we don't need you anymore. Uh, you're getting laid off. They gave me a little bit of money to walk away and all that. Um, I was like, man, I, I just got to, how do I replace my income? Because I live like a 260 guy, you know, a year kind of mm -hmm. guy. You know, I had the big house, cars, you know. Yeah, you got accustomed to that. Yeah, that paycheck was always coming in, so I was never worried about a paycheck. I was like, man, how can I replace my income now? And my only way to replace my income was to go buy a bunch of houses. Because if I buy a bunch of houses, I can at least draw a little bit of money from the general contracting side, which I knew how to rehab them. Mm -hmm. But now I have to go build a general contracting practice or business to kind of like fuel that. And that's kind of like how I started scaling big time into flipping. 
uh, which is crazy because we have so much in uh, similar uh, similarities. You know, mm-hmm. you were telling me earlier that you were doing 40 houses. Mm-hmm. So, so tell me about you do the four houses the next month, right? Yep. And then, you know, how do you went from four to like 40? It, it was a slow, like slowly scaling process, right? So we, we bought those first four. Um, you know, I brought on, I had a realtor buddy. I didn't have my license at the time, right? So at that time I was like, you know, what? I just need a realtor to go find me some deals. I'll analyze it, you know, how the coaching had told me to do it. And I have the contracting contacts from my business relationships prior. And so, you know, I had to raise money from some of those investors and said, hey, you know, I'll give you 12%. Just trust me that I'll, I'll make this work. So I did my first four deals. I barely made any money on those. Like I, I just took the first offer that came in, yeah. you know, off the MLS. Once we're, we sold you it. You were a motivated seller. Yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm out. I paid my investors back. All right, let's do this again. And so it kind of just snowballed after that where, you know, those, those investors kind of raised money for me of, you know, hey, you, you know, these guys just pay me back in three months. I just made 12%, you yeah. know, like. Yeah. And so, uh, and that, that rate slowly came down as we got more and more experience. And um, so it just kind of scaled from there. And every job that we would go do, we'd have three general contractors come bid it. And so f- from keeping that practice through those first, you know, 10, 15 deals, uh, we had this big list of contractors that were like, hey, these guys are actually like calling us back out. And I would reward the, the job to different ones to f- see how I like to work with them. Um, and so after that, you know, I, I, you know, you just kind of play the, the game of babysitting contractors of trying to figure out, okay, who do I like working with? Uh, who does a good job? Who keeps my budget in mind, you know, versus theirs? And um, so it's from there, it's just kind of people management of, okay, I've got you, you can manage five properties. Um, and then you can manage two, like you can, any, if I gave you three, you usually, f- you know, you fall by all, yeah, yeah, it's like a domino by. effect, yeah. right? They, all of them fall through. And so we kind of built relationships with more and more contractors. And, and through that, we had lots of learning experiences, I call them, you know, where we lost money on, yep. on deals, or, you know, paid our investors and go on to the next one. Right. And, and, it, and we just don't use that contractor again. And right. for me, it wasn't worth trying to pursue or, or spend time wasting, you know, wasting thoughts or, you know, negative energy towards, all right, a bad deal that happened and it's your fault that, you know, you've mismanaged my project. Um, just going to the next one, right? And that that was my mindset of, all right, I'm not going to like pursue people that might have taken I, money from I'm the same way. Like that. I, so, I'm the, I never sue anybody like, yeah. I'm going to go after you. Yeah. Cut your losses, move on. Yeah. So, what did it, so when did you do 40 houses at the same time? Like wh- what time frame was that? Uh, that was in 2018. 18. 18 was when we were, we had our, the most going on. Wow. Um, you know, we had, you know, five general contracting companies um, that were exclusively working with us. Each of them doing, you know, five to six um, projects. projects and, you know, and um, yeah, that's, that's kind of where that took off. And it was. That year, I had one business partner, um, you know, that was running most of that. Uh, he got sidetracked on other stuff, yeah. other stuff, and you know, shiny objects, and you know, some of that was my fault. Bringing in, you know, like you get comfortable, and you're like, all right, we got these rolling. We've got employees. We had this big office. You know, lots of people working for us, and uh, and then stuff kind of just started to unravel. You know, we we even talked about it a little bit today, yeah, of just you know, you get. I had time, and so, you know, you get distracted on other businesses and things like that. 
Yeah, oh yeah, I started yeah. like building mining mining rigs. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna build mining rigs. Right, and now I'm so like because it happened to me too. Mm-hmm. You know, we got this major operation running. Yeah, we got money flowing. By the way, we're the kids in town that everybody's looking, you know, to model now because we got this massive operation and we're somehow we're successful, right? But then all these new things come in, Bitcoin and and, right. and mining rigs and. Um, you know, we, we actually started our own mailing company. So, because we did mailer, mailers strictly. So we, we had our own printers, our letters and folder and like all this stuff automated for our operation. Before you know, you're not literally keeping your eye on the price. But what happened to us was that we got hit by Harvey, the the hurricane. And Mm -hmm. that's literally destroyed everything. But that was back in 17. Mm -hmm. Um, so 2018 was brutal for us in yeah. in 19 i mean um, it, dude in 2019 i made close to two million dollars and i was broke broke like like sometimes i didn't even have money for gas and, and things that i'm like wait a minute how do you get to this point right? right um but it was because we lost like as opposed to you you had contractors that you were working with i was the contractor so all the workers were working for us mm-hmm now, on a market like Phoenix where you don't have hurricanes and things of that nature, no big deal. You're not going to have that threat. Here in Houston, we do, although we hadn't had those for a very long time. So I didn't even account for anything like that happening. So when we had this hurricane that didn't, it wasn't even the hurricane. It was the flooding that caused by the hurricane that messed up the city. All my my guys jumped, jumped ship and... I just found myself with a lot of houses, a lot of loans, and not a single person to work on these properties. Mm-hmm. So that's how the whole thing started. But Dang. yeah, it was it was. I still look at it and I'm like, man, like we were in a bind big time, right. right? And then you had all these other distractions that you start have to start cutting off because now you're like, man, I got a problem I gotta address. That's how I became a wholesaler. Yep, uh, me too. No shit. <laughs> so, yeah, we had, a, so uh, my business, my former business partner, he had started and ran this day trading company is what it was. We bought an algorithm and a license to day trade and he was right. day trading money and making, made a ton of money in like the first two months, it was like 60% return. Wow. Right. Using this guy's algorithm that we bought. Now you can raise money for that too. Like, cause all these ideas <laughs> yeah, start right, coming. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, yeah. you know, there's, there's ways that we can do this. And so he, you know, his, he was running all my projects. Right. And so as soon as his eye turned here, right. And his focus was on this day trading. It was good. We made 60%, but now I got to go try and figure out how to, you know, keep all these contractors in line and make sure right. they're not still in, you know, which some of them were yeah. it's, it's just a, a mess. And so I was like, Hey, you know, I still need your help over here. And soon as he turned his head this way to come back, this just, you know, we, and we just infused all of our profits from the previous years into this, Wow, you know, because we're looking for passive income. And the idea was to buy rentals and, and be there eventually. But I was like, man, if we're making 30% a month. Like let's, let's put that over there. Yeah, that's hard to, yeah. And so both of us, him and I put in personal capital and, you know, um, profits from what we've done and that all, tanked wow all of it gone like that you know as soon as he came back to focus on this and ended up causing him to file bk and he was out of the company he's like i'm i'm done during the kind of threw in the towel and i was like all right i gotta figure this out i gotta figure out we we never filed for bankruptcy uh even even though like my business partner dennis uh 
he also told me, he's like, hey, I'm done. Like, because at the beginning, so this is crazy. At the beginning, I was, I was the flipper. So I was the guy chasing the contractors, making it work. Mm-hmm. And I would literally go there with a with with a leash, you know, like like trying to like whip whiplash all these guys, like let's go, right? And projects were happening, like we're we're pumping things out on the market, like either whether it's a flip or a rental, because we did a lot of flip to rent. Okay. Um, we had we had a little group going around to where, okay, Brad, I got these three houses we just finished, man, and you know they're ready. We can either sell it or rent it. You want to refinance these things on under your name, and we'll partner up on it. And he'll fuck yeah, like I want to refinance three properties I didn't, I wasn't a part of, you know. Yeah. So we were doing this in between four or five guys. We were literally quarterbacking properties to each other, but we were all partners on these deals, right? That's how we started. We flip it for you, which used to be a company that we took W two guys said, look, we'll show you how to do all this stuff, but we need to leverage you. Mm-hmm. We want your W two, and we want your we want your income. You use us, and now we're partners. And it was working beautiful. What happened was, at some point, I outgrew those guys when it came to, um, I guess, the need for money. I needed more money than they did because they had W-2s. And then I started crossing frictions. They didn't want to scale more. So I had to buy them out of the of the whole relationship, which, by the way, they, they end up keeping a lot of great properties. Mm-hmm. But I kept the liabilities moving forward. When I kept the liabilities moving forward, we had already started same as cash with the wholesaling thing, Dennis and I. Dennis was the marketing guy, and he was the guy making sure systems. He's an integrator. He's an engineer. Yeah. I mean, he's a civil engineer, actually. Pretty smart guy. So he made everything work, but he also answered the phone because he's very personable, and he's yeah. good on the phone and uh, very outgoing. So he did that lead generation stuff, but I was the closer. So I would close all the deals to buy them for We Flip It For You. So same as cash, we'll wholesale to We Flip It For You, and then from here, it'll go somewhere else. So we had a bunch of different tiers, right? Yeah. Well, when 2017 happens to us, Dennis comes to me and says, Ricardo, you're better at this marketing stuff than I am. You're a better negotiator. Why don't you go ahead and take over the wholesaling side and I'll take over the construction side because I'm an engineer. Makes sense. So we swapped, right? And when we swapped is when Harvey hits. Mm-hmm. So he literally stepped into a hurricane, a hurricane <laughs> basically, yeah. yeah. And he had 50 employees that we had. We have 50 workers on our, on our general contracting company. Uh, it used to be called Your Demo Friends. And, and it was called Your Demo Friends because we started for demolitions around Harvey. And um, But, man, it, it was taking him way too long to finish houses. It was hard to get con- – and I cannot blame it on him like or anybody because right. it was like it was a whole chaos that just happened. And every month I got 250 grand going out on loans. Right. I mean, and eventually I don't care how much money you got, man. You start feeling the pain, and you're like, ooh, I'm, I don't know if I got three or four more months left on the tank. Yep. Even if you have a million bucks, it's it's going to go. Right. And uh, we found ourselves with more months at the end of our money at some point. And then the conversations with the lenders. Yeah. That's the one that we never wanted to have, which if he would have listened, if I would have listened to Dennis, Dennis said from the get-go, from the hurricane, he said, dude, let's just freaking dump it all right now. 
which is let's just close the shop because I don't see how we're going to fix this. Me, I'm more optimistic. I'm like, man, we're figuring it out, bro. We built this thing. Like, we're going to go find something else, build it, blah, blah, blah. And in reality, we we pretty much saved, I would say, 60% of those properties. We were able to offload him, you know, mm-hmm. no problems. The other 40%, 30, 30 to 40% was a problem because we didn't have money to fix them. They were under the water because they were, you know, they needed more work than than what the, the lenders gave us, actually. But not only that, they lost value because now there's a market correction internally here. Right. And we're, like, having to go borrow more money for So it was a chaotic thing, man. And, and we went through that for, like, three or four years, actually, until... Actually, I still own two of those. And long story short, eventually he just got tired. He said, dude. And, you know, when we realized we had to become wholesalers by necessity to get out of that mess, he didn't enjoy that too much. So he said, man, I... and and." And he, what he told me was like, dude, there's not enough money for both of us right now. You're good at this. You love that. Continue that. I'm going to go do my own thing, like be an engineer and build stuff. So now he's doing awesome. He's doing koi ponds and building them all around Houston. So I've had to buy all his shares on all the companies. He literally gave them to me. I didn't buy them. Um, and then, I, But I, I inherited all those problems. problems. And, yes, they yeah. all came with it. Yep. But I was like, hey, man, I'm going to I'm gonna man up to it. So it's kind of crazy. Like we that's insane, sort yeah. of in the same boat, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, he, you know, I was the same thing. Optimistic, like, all right. I, I had to have a hard conversation with my wife of, you know, we had a ton of equity in the house, the first house that we bought together, right? You know, right. we got married. We bought a house cheap, 2011, put equity into it. Now it's 2018. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, all right, yeah, we've got you know tons of equity in here in order to get out of this, I'm gonna have to sell it. And yeah. and that's all gone. Like it's, it's gone or we're filing bankruptcy like my partner did. And that's it. So I and you, that's him. something you didn't want to do because you wanted to honor your commitments. No. And, and then it's, you know, eating humble pie of just saying, Hey, I, I need you to go back to work for a little bit. I, I got to sell the house that we have this equity in and we're going to go rent for a little bit. And, and, and then I'm going to make it work. I'm going to, dude. that's it. why I live in an apartment today. <laughs> yeah. I sold my house literally like, yeah. That's so we sold our we sold our <laughs> no house, shit. and That's I was crazy. like, hey, you know, if you you can go back to work, at least pay, you know, our bills, then I can focus on recovering this. And that yeah. was necessity of of going into wholesaling. I'm like, I don't have time to manage contracts. I'm gonna clean up the properties that we have, right. and sell those. Um, I gotta find new contractors because the other ones filed, you know, bankruptcy. They're out. Right. They're, they're gone. I don't know where they're at. Yeah, everybody was protecting themselves. They gone. move. They just move. Yeah, they move somewhere else. Um, and so, uh, you know, I'm like, all right, I got to go direct to seller. I can't buy from auction anymore. I got to get more bigger spreads. And then I got to sell a lot of these to investors to get quick, quick capital. And so that was kind of out of necessity needing to go figure out marketing and, and become a sales and marketing company instead of a project management company. So this is 2018, three years ago, uh, when you, when you started exploring that route, right? Mm-hmm. Did you pick a guy to mentor you through the wholesaling or you just went and figured it out on your own? At that point, I had made really good connections, right, throughout right. the because I a lot of the wholesalers would sell to me, yeah, right, and so they bring me their deals. I knew a lot of them. Um, I had good connections on, you know, either training platforms that they had bought already, um, and then yeah, I go, I went and bought some um, some additional courses for some of the new stuff that was coming out, you know, texting and um, the technology, voicemail. yeah, technology and and the coaches behind that 
software or white label, whatever it was. Um, you know, so I, I, I got courses and to support friends too, that were pushing out their, yeah, their, you know, content, their content. Yeah. Um, joined, you know, we had masterminds and, uh, that we are, I was already a part of and I spoke at and about flipping and raising money and about how to be a big guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and now I'm like, all right, well now I'm back here and I got to figure out the sales and marketing. It's a different company, you know, and, and different processes. So, yes. Wow, but that's that's crazy, and and um and and you guys, like, have you wholesale a house before that, or just strictly flipped it? Uh, most of it was like double closing. So the only thing that we had done was like wholesale. Okay. Right? So we had bought the property. So I was c accustomed to buying it, closing on it, and then I would I would go list it if it didn't need any work. And so uh, auction properties, we would do a lot of that where it was just a room sweep and list it. Wow. So. How was it when you went and did your first wholesale, the true wholesale deal yeah, after being I, a big time flipper? Right. I remember my first one and it was solo, you know, cause, um, my business partner, he did all the similar to your, yours. He was good on the phone. The initial one, you know, taking, you know, very charismatic and, and got along with people. And so he did all the sales when, when we ever bought from, you know, direct from seller. Right. Um, so my first one was through a, um, a ringless voicemail, you know, campaign. She responded back via text. And then, you know, I sold it. It was 13,000 completely virtual, never saw it and sold it oh, in wow. Arizona. Um, but in a place that I didn't ever wow. know, go to. And yeah, I mean, that feeling is just kind of like, all right, I can do this. Yeah. You see, yeah. you get 13 grand from, from something that was, that you didn't have to go visit. You didn't have to beat up on a contractor. You didn't have to raise money for, nope. You know, you didn't have to pay interest, these, and have all the stress. Yeah, you didn't, like, you're like, man, I don't need to sell my house anymore if I figure this one out on yeah. the next time around, right? right. <laughs> and and I actually sold my house because I was I was going to pay for foreclosure, dude. Like, I was behind on my own payment. So I was in, my, in a situation that I'm used to helping people out. But, of course, because I know how to get out of it, I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I can fall behind six, seven, eight months and no big deal. They're not going to kick me out of here. And by the way, the day of the auction, I'll just go file for, you know, BK and I'm good. I'll, I'll just buy more, three more months. Right. Dude, that's how low I got yeah. from after making all kinds of stupid money, right? So, um, actually, it was actually a great experience now uh, that I look back because I got a story to tell, you know, before I didn't have one. It's kind of hard to, you go up here and now, like, you just speak on how badass you are, but, mm -hmm. like, yeah, you have struggles going up, right? But then you go here, and then you hold on. Let me humble myself down a little bit right here, and then you go back up, and, and which is where you are right now, right? So, um, and I guess we're both still rebuilding back up. But mm -hmm. um, so you're thirteen grand, and then you say, "Man, if I do this ten times, that's one hundred and thirty G's right there, right?" Mm -hmm. And what is your risk? Marketing. Yep. Right. And then you're like, okay. I think that was a $200 campaign. Wow. With my list included, right? Like, wow. Nothing. And so then from there, you started s slowly scaling up, or, or, or do you go figure it out, like, how to scale up real, real fast? Um, I, it was slowly scaling, right? And so I had, we had done and dabbled in, in different marketing schemes throughout even our flipping side of it, you know, where we had done direct mail, we had done radio ads, we had done, um, door flyers, bandit signs, you know, yeah. that stuff. 
Um, texting had just come around. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go all in on this one. I'm going to learn it and, and master that one. Um, and I just, I had only kept one employee. Uh, everybody else we had let go. Um, just said, you know what, this is, I'm, I'm starting from the ground up. And that was my assistant. Um, and so she's, you know, kind of stayed around, kept everything together um, as I was going on learning, you know. So I went and did texting first, but it was a slow scale. While I was trying to look for an integrator, right, I, I wanted to find somebody to take over and actually implement all of my ideas, right? And, and right. Like I, I understand direct mail. I understand texting. I understand cold calling. Right. Um, now I just want you to implement one at a time, right, as we, as we grow. And so that's what I, I did. I kind of tried out, test, tested a couple people as sales reps to work my leads, to work our system, because I had, you know, my podio set up. I had everything to that I knew everybody else was using, and it was working for them through right. masterminds. And yes. said, all right, I've got all this set up. I just need the right people now. Right. Um, and so that's what I've been searching for until, you know, actually last year I found the right guy to come in and be that integrator. Dark. Yep. Yep, and so Clark's taken taking the reins on on that this year um, was his first year um, wow. doing it. He had approached me um, about four months before the end of last year, you know. So, you know, August of 2020. And How do you so, know Clark? Uh, we were we actually used to play some video games together through my brother-in-law. So wow, he's, he's a good like best friend of my brother-in-law. Okay. Anyways, so when he used to live here in Arizona, we played some. Some uh, guys' night video games. Wow, and uh, so I knew him through that that connection. And he moved to California, and I hadn't heard from him, but I knew who, I knew of his background. He did a lot of stuff like uh, flipping random products on Craigslist, Facebook, you know, and just eBay. an entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah, just always had that behind him. And, and he worked for a company that did uh, Google My Business, um, and so he helped businesses with marketing things like that. And he approached me and said, hey, you know, I want to get into wholesaling. Could you help me out? I was like, yeah, why don't you try this? You know, and and I, he's like, do you charge anything for this? I said, no, I have in the past, but I'm, you know, I just want to help you out. And tell, I'll tell you what, just cut me in on your first couple deals. And he was like, just did everything like, right. You know, as soon as you, you know, the perfect person that you're like, hey, yeah, I want to, I want to, here's what to do. And he'd go out and do it, whether, even if he hated it, right. He would just go out, implement it come back and say, yeah, it worked, you know, and it's like, okay, great, wow. do this now, and so he closed, you know, a couple deals, and was like, man, I'm gonna, you know, I could do this, you know, full time, and I was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'd love to try it out and see if it's a good partnership, and so we kind of eased into that, because from my previous partnership, I kind of, yeah, you're like, yeah, I don't know about that, yeah, in, and um, I had tried out a couple others that didn't, didn't work out, and, you know, it just, it, it, we didn't, our, our personalities didn't clash, you know, they, we butted heads, and, so before I made anything official, it was like a trial period with these guys and um, Clark worked out great. So that's awesome. And that, man. You know that and that was the beginning of this year. Um, and we've done the whole traction together. We've re, you know we read books together. You know, kind of go through our thoughts on it, and and then I just unload all my ideas and let him kind of run with run it. Run with it, and he you know he does great, way better than I. I yeah, could, you could probably could do possibly do. Yeah. yeah. So man, that's great to know. So so fast forward, right? What's your deal flow right now? Like I heard you saying you have 30, 30 properties right now. Yeah, we, yeah, we've got thirty on the whiteboard um, okay. right now, and they're all nationwide. Um, okay. I'd say our our two ma main marketing streams right now are PPC and cold calling. Right. Because uh, I I have a call a uh, call center. 
Right. We we do a bilingual. By, by the way, how do you, so because we bypassed that whole call center thing, right? <laughs> how do you at what point did you say I'm going to build out a call, call center? So that was last year when COVID hit. And I was like, you know what? All my eggs are in real estate. Yes. I, I want to develop some passive income for when, if there's some, if something that were to happen, I want to have diversified income um, coming in. And so I understood calling, cold calling very well. And I had connections in South America, you know, living there and speaking Spanish. Um, I had connections of, of people that could build a brick and mortar um, for us to have reps there. Right. And so, and all I had to do was provide them the system to do it. Got it. So I got an integrator uh, in Mexico. Okay. And he runs and operates everything um, for all of our callers. Okay. Um, and that was just the, the quick and easy, you know, service that I could provide where I had experience as an investor of how to talk to people, how to train these agents. Right. And, you know, just word of mouth, no, no marketing. It was easy to raise, you know, bring in. An additional 10k a month and absolutely yeah because now you're them. you're serving your friends and yeah, yeah i got a cold caller yeah what do you what do you need like okay yeah. here it is boom yep next thing you know now you're leveraging someone else you know they're making good money because for them in central and south america when you pay them in u.s dollars that goes way right you right. know beyond of what they can do you know in 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 their own countries and now do you have a brick and mortar over there in your call center, or do they work from home? Uh, they work from they brick and mortar for the first six months. Um, okay, unless they've had previous experience, you know, in other places, um, they have to prove it. They have to go on a trial period. They got to provide, you know, show that they have stable internet connection, a stable environment. You know, I don't want chickens in the background, things like that. It's like very audited. Um, you know, first two weeks at home, right? Um, for them to be even able to work from home. So right. we prefer that they come in and train and they have a, you know, manager walking around and right. training them. Um, but from that point, then we just, we assign more agents to the work at home, more managers to the work at home, uh, callers. Dude, that's crazy. We do the same exact thing. Yeah. Same. <laughs> now for us, it's not calling, it's texting. Right. Yeah. So they're just pushing buttons. Right. And then we do the calling here, but um, <laughs> fucking amazing. Like, yeah, well, I'm just finding this out, guys. That's, by the way, we we've been hanging out all day, and and uh, the more I talk to you, the more we add in common. Um, but okay, so you have a call center now. How many uh people do you have on your call center? Uh, so we have 80 right now. 80. 80 agents. Yeah, that, that's a good number. Yep. And are you planning on expanding that? Um, yeah, yeah. Next year. Um, so I've got, you know, the integrators ready, all of our, all the processes are there. We've got a sales team, you know, ready to push it. We, we partner with a lot of gurus that are selling courses and right. packages. And so we just add, we, we bundled a marketing package that came with data and, you know, several months of callers and they just pay a one-time fee to a coach. And then that coach pays us um, for their first six months. So your client is the coach mm -hmm. for the most part. Yep. You're not literally selling to the guy needing yeah. the cold caller. We, we do, right? Yeah, but, but you get the bulk of your business is your co is your coaches. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's that's a great strategy. Yeah. Your know, mind, I'm 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 reverse. So I serve more the guys that need the the texters, but it's because they're on my texting platform. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's kind of like an add-on. Like, right. okay, yeah, I'll find you the the VA. No big deal, right? Yeah. Um, and I only I only have thirty VAs right now, but I haven't even tried to build that business. Right. And and now I'm more purposely looking at that. And like, hold on, wait a minute. 
I need to build this operation bigger with VAs. Even my own acquisitions and dispositions needs to go that route because these guys are more efficient than a lot of the other people that have gone through my office here. Yeah. So good, man. That's great to know. And 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 just to give uh, the audience a little perspective, what's been the biggest month in wholesaling for like you guys? Like when you um, got the most closings or yeah, actually, um, last month. Last month. Yeah. What, what, what so, was? So that was October. Uh, we hit one ninety one. One ninety one. Congratulations, man. Yep. That's a great number. Yep. Um, we that I ask that question to a lot of people, and for some people it's fifty grand, for some people it's five hundred grand. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but one ninety one. If you do that consistently, that's two million bucks a year. And if you're doing your things right, you're keeping thirty percent of that. You know. Yep. Um, well, right now our overhead, like it's just Clark has a VA. I have my assistant and that's it. Yeah. And we don't have an office. Right. Um, and it, looking at it, you know, this is our first, this is our first year. Will you go back to an office? I would like to, I like the, I like the office environment. You know, yeah. I come here and I see what you guys have and I'm like, oh man, I kind of miss that. I yeah. Miss, I miss being able to like look across the office and, and people come in, you know, I didn't mind people coming into my office and, you know. Hey, I need help with this. Yeah, absolutely. I'm the same way. You know, because I did everything that they they done, and I, I can do it better. Right. <laughs> for for the most part. Right. Um, but and so I didn't mind helping um, that side of it, and and then you build this, you know, culture um, culture, and so I, I'm all for that, and I, I I think it'd be great to to have that, but I also am great at building VA teams, and so you know, yeah, I outsource. A lot of that. Well, you don't need a big office. But you just need a space to go and sit down and have your yeah. computer with your screens or whatever. Maybe a couple of, you know, artwork and mm-hmm. maybe uh, something in there to make the space feel like it's yours. Like, on my in my case, I need this space maybe a little bit bigger for the podcast because this is something I really enjoy. Like, look mm-hmm. at what we're doing right now, right? We're exchanging sure. a lot of information. Um, and... And then I love, you know, sharing with the audience, like, hey, if Brad can do it, you can do it, you know, and having multiple, like, on your case, you have multiple lanes now coming up. But then a small uh, other office where you have your, your your desk, and that's it. That's all you really need, you right. know, that, because you, if your team is, like, some guys are in Central and South America, then Clark is in San Diego. Maybe he goes to an office over there, too, that, yeah. you know, then the overhead is not all that crazy. Um I'm a brick and mortar guy, so I've always had to have like, man, I like I just did an operation in Miami where I had my acquisitions guys there, but they I made them go to an office. Like I got an office for them. Like, yeah. like your guys are gonna go to the, but now we're changing that to where he's in Venezuela. So I said, guys, you guys go home. Like, we're gonna shut that down. I'm gonna save that money. And then eventually, when this lease is up, I'm downsizing this office. Like, because yeah. I don't see the really the the need to have such a big space, right. you know. Yeah. But man, thank you so much for coming yeah. in and sharing your 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 That's journey, great. dude, and your story. And uh, I can only wait to see what you do in the next few years, man. Because yeah, it's it's cool to see similarities. You know, yeah. you talk to people that are doing great stuff, and you're like, all right, where did this guy come from, right? And so right. it's cool to yeah, see that. it's crazy, man. It's like almost almost similar stories. You know, it's just different different cities, you know, and and, and different backgrounds and. But yeah, it's 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 so in my in my mind it's like mind blowing how two different people I don't know if you ever met Chris Jefferson. Mm. Oh, wait until you meet him. You're gonna feel like he's your brother. <laughs> like cause he had a very similar deal too. Like kind of like same of our timeline. Flips falling out, like it was a whole chaos. And I met him at a mastermind. 
And when he's talking, I'm looking at him like, dude, you're the brother I need to know I had. You know, like, because we, we kind of like went through the same thing. You know, right. I, that's how I feel with you now. Yeah. And uh, and then we connected, and he said, Ricardo, man, when you were speaking, I was thinking the same thing. And I said, really? So he was supposed to be here this week, but, um, you know, we, I just didn't call him, honestly. He told me to call him last week, and I was just so busy. But uh, anyhow, guys, okay. don't forget to hit share, like, and subscribe, man. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your journey there, Brad. And, uh, guys, um, oh, uh, May 27th and 28th, we're going to have a 10 growth in Houston, Texas. That's one that you don't want to miss. You, if you missed the last two events that we had for uh, with the Real Estate Entrepreneurs event and Mastermind, we're going to have one called Attend Growth. It's all about growing and excelling and, and going to the next level. So we're going to have an early bird coming up in January 1st. We will be releasing a ticket uh, website with tickets and all that. We'll have great people speaking, going on stage, sharing their journey and what they do and how they're doing it. I'm looking forward to see you there. See you on the next one. Bye.